It's time to grab the bull by the horns. Chris is here. Hi, Chris. Well, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> After two weeks off, you're back. You've celebrated. You're older. You've had an officially had a birthday. That's true. Uh, welcome, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks, Ben. You know, and uh, sorry to you and and to uh, all of our listeners for my absence the last couple of weeks. You know, sometimes life just uh, gets in the way. To to slightly misquote Jeff Goldblum sometimes life gets in the way that is a famous jurassic park uh <laughs> quote uh i will say i was a part of your birthday celebrations uh since you've been on this show and had a lovely time at tilt here in london that's right it's nice uh good craft beer selection there some good old school games i thought that fit our age bracket quite nicely yeah for anyone who doesn't know tilt is a vintage arcade uh, with a $5 all-you-can-play entry fee and some decent beers on tap. I was crushing Pinball Wizard from Clifford Brewery in Hamilton. A very nice beer. And, and it goes well with vintage video games because my first exposure to that beer was when Brad Clifford was making it on a pilot system at Get Well in Toronto, which featured some uh, memorably vintage... Uh, um, shit, I'm going to forget the name of the game. Wolf, the shooter game. God damn it. My memory's going. Operation Wolf. Operation Wolf. Damn, damn it. Should have had it before. But yes. Yes. Best, great bar. Uh, rest in peace. And great beer. Still going strong. Yeah. I think um, the only problem with Tilt was whoever put that Galaga score up was must have been cheating or something. It was ridiculous. The only real problem, actually, is there's no there's there needs to be more places to put your beer. Because there's rows of vintage video games, and then all of them have like a slanted top, and there's very dangerous places to put beer. What they had four stools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we got a good show. I, I don't know if you caught the last, uh, the ones that aired when you actually one hasn't aired yet, but uh, we had some good ones while you're gone. Sorry you missed them, but we got a good one for your return. Uh, yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking to some sales reps tonight. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, we've we've obviously had a lot of people in the industry on the show before, but um, you know, it's tends to, to skew more towards the brewers and the owners, and it's nice to get a different perspective on the industry here from uh, from some beer reps. Yeah, and we've had a lot of people have asked me to press on them uh, about the you know sort of shady underbelly of craft beer sales, and I, I think we should lower our expectations because they have to sell beer to these people. So they're not going to shit on them or name any names or burn any bridges. Uh, I mean, suffice it to say, we all know that I think draft lines in the beer industry are paid for and that that is technically illegal. Honestly, at this point, it's just kind of like par for the course, unfortunately. But uh, I don't know. The, the, the going line is that uh, everybody does it, but not me. That's kind of just what you hear from every craft brewery. Sorry, who are you accusing of this illegal activity, Ben? I mean, I could name names. I mean, I've written articles about it before, but I mean, the big guys have budgets specifically for this. I wrote about it in, I don't know, like ten, probably 10 years ago now, but I spoke with a Labatt rep uh, who had like a $350,000 a year budget just to throw free shit around. So that is the absolute primo, you know, top of the line. <laughs> I've got an account for, for throwing that kind of money around. That's super dated information now. I don't even know what the relevant version would be, but like 
the bigger craft breweries definitely will have something similar. There's a budget for, you know, concert tickets or, you know, tickets to games or even like, even all that free shit, like chalkboards and signage that it's usually, you know, gifted to a bar with an implication that there will be an account at that bar. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, with the, the way craft beer has been established that, um, you know, I think there's more and more thoughtful curation of what you're having on tap and, uh, and maybe that becomes more important to you if you're, if you're, that's the way you want your establishment to, to go out to the public that the free shit isn't as valuable anymore, but I could be way off on that. Well, the margins for a, a, a bar or restaurant are fucking razor thin. And this has been the hardest time probably in the history of, you know, the hospitality industry. So the difference of like someone comes into your door and says like, here's my beer. I want you to pay full price. And someone comes in and says, I'll give you a buy three, get one free. I mean, you, you can't really blame restaurants for doing what is the industry norm. So in a large part, it, it fucks over crap breweries because the little guys who are brand new can't even play that game. They're like, you know, you knock on a door, you say, hey, I'm a new brewery. I opened up down the street. I'd love to sell you my beer. And they're like, what kind of free shit are you going to give me? I'm like, There's, I don't even have staff. Are you going to give you free shit? So it's not like a sustainable game and it does really hurt small breweries. But on the other side of things, if you own a business and you're, you know, pricing out the cheapest wings you can sell people, you're probably going to take the same approach to your beard despite that technically being illegal. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and, and I mean, sometimes that's reflected in the price, but um, you know, yeah, you'd like to think that the general beer drinking public is, has become a little more discerning with uh, with craft beer becoming so popular over the last say 10 to 15 years. But I don't know. I don't know if that's quite the case in, in a lot of uh, like, you know, bigger bars. Yeah. And again, we're only talking about this because I don't think we're going to get into it. I'll try, but I don't think they're going to willing, be willing to go there tonight. Uh, speaking of these people I'm talking about in the, uh, in the abstract, we can talk about who they actually are. Uh, we have got uh, Barry Pletch from uh, Indie Ale House. We have got Leftfield Tory <laughs> uh, from Leftfield Brewery. And we have got uh, Jenna Harkness from Sun and Hill. So Jenna, her, her territory is in Guelph, uh, representing Sun and Hill. Barry and um, Tori, they actually overlap and they're both Toronto beer reps. So we're going to get into it a bit and peel back the, uh, what's the expression? Uh, man, I think I, I need to stop drinking before I do this show. <laughs> peel, uh, peel the Clementine, I believe is the expression. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> peel back you don't peel back a curtain you peek behind a curtain and you, no, you peel uh, peel the onion sure we're peeling onions tonight here on beer and bullshit <laughs> uh, if you're just tuning into the show thanks for listening to this rambling intro before you even know what's going on my name's ben johnson i'm the host of this show and uh chris pellerin is my my co-host and we talk about beer and that's what we're gonna do tonight right chris let's peel that banana fucking we're fucking peeling tonight baby <laughs> Okay, let's do it. Let's go. So maybe uh, by way of intros, we've done our own little intros here, but like, uh, can you guys do your, I don't know what the beer rep equivalent of an elevator pitch is, but how do you actually have seen berries in action uh, in his past life at a local bar here? Uh, but like, how do you guys uh, sell you and your, your brand? So I'll start top left, Tori. 
pitch me uh pitch me you and your beer in this me and my beer yeah yeah uh i'm tori i represent leftfield brewery we're a brewery out of the east end of toronto uh i've been uh i've been with leftfield for about eight years now uh we uh, produce some of ontario's favorite ipas and of course our world-renowned ice cold beer if you're interested in bringing our product in i'm a man to talk to and follow Sweet. my funny adventures on left field at left field Tory on Insta. Nice. Okay, Jenna, you're walking into the same bar now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Jenna. Uh, I'm from Sonnen Hill Brewing, formerly Allura Brewing. I've, uh, I'm a recent transplant at Sonnen Hill since August before I was with uh, Allura for seven years. Uh, felt like a lifetime. Uh, made the move in August just to kind of you know, look at a different path a bit. I'm doing more operational and sales there. So a little bit more of the production side of stuff, which has been great. Uh, Sonin's really, been really awesome at loggers and pills and like low ABV, like moderate level ABV, uh, stuff that's super crushable, uh, stuff that I enjoy drinking. So I enjoy selling. Nice. I've had Primo on tap at my house. It was amazing. Nice. Yes, it's a, it's a great, a great pills for sure. Okay, Barry, you're up. Okay, uh, I'm Barry the, yeah, Barry the Indie Beer Up. I've been in this game since 2009. So uh, I guess I'm the old guy on the, on the panel. Uh, I work at Indie Ale House for about a year and four months now. Um, the brewers are doing amazing beer and I get the lucky job to just get people to try it and buy it. And that's, uh, that's how fantastic the job goes. Sweet. So, yeah. This is, and this is Chris. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi, Chris. Chris and I have been friends uh, for like over 30 years, and he lives around the corner. And I like nice. drinking you made beer. It this time, right? You were at Joe Cool's last, uh, last week? Yes, I was not actually at Joe Cool's. I was out for a lovely, classy dinner. Uh, but uh, that's not what the social media told, you know, their, their small amount of followers small but mighty um oh so we i i actually put things out there like a lot of people want to hear from beer reps because this is like i feel like we don't really hear from uh you guys very much we see you know marketing and we maybe uh know about the brewers who we you know put on a pedestal the reps that are kind of in the in the uh trenches we don't hear from you guys much so i want to know what the average day in the life of a beer sales rep looks like average day yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess uh, what we're doing is uh, first things you, you probably you're answering emails, texts, uh, finding out what breweries, what beers we have on available for sale, and being in the conduit to the places that that want them and asking for orders, uh, meeting with with new prospects, seeing if there's a fit, um, dealing with any issues that may arise. Uh, but also then trying to create ideas, not just for right now, but looking down the road for spring, summer. Hey, what are we doing for, um, you know, next year? Like, so already trying to be progressive uh, in trying to sell beer instead of, hey, here's what I have on the truck today. Take it now. Um, always trying to think, hey, what's the best for the customer long term in their menu? Hopefully they have a beer that sells and makes them money is what you're trying to do. Mm hmm. Jen and yeah. Tori, you guys are nodding along. Yeah, pretty much emails in the morning. I go get up, see what uh, came in overnight. We uh, like our deliver our weeks split up into uh, sections of the city. Like 
uh, on the daily. So the West End or uh, Wednesday being our East End delivery. So I'm kind of managing delivery days with that in mind. Uh, hit the road, price, head up to the brewery, grab samples, and then bounce around town, shaking hands, kissing babies, dropping samples, prospecting, knocking on doors. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> Jenna, same for you in Guelph? Yeah, so for me, um, with my time with Alora was, you know, in the early days, uh, being the only rep, I was all over Ontario, just kind of starting to help the brewery get known and putting products in people's hands. Um, you know, now it's mostly, it's it's a lot of computer stuff, uh, emailing, a lot of soliciting uh, new prospects for Sonin, a uh, big stronghold in Toronto. So trying to build up more of the local community in Caledon, um, you know, just trying to get uh, some of those local people to the breweries and things like that. Uh, listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> on the road. Uh, yep. <laughs> on the road. Yeah. Yep. Uh, put in, put in a lot of mileage on, on the car. That's for sure. Um, you know, as, as a rep, I feel like, uh, we're always on, like, it's just a lifestyle. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's pretty hard to turn off. So I feel like the average day is just kind of like all one big blur. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jenny, you probably have a different, uh, like, do you guys do offer, do you guys offer direct delivery from Kalanen or using a third party service? So you have a different like layer. Yeah, no, for us, we, we send our direct delivery van down to Toronto uh, once a week, oh, and then uh, we'll put a lot of other stuff out on small batch. Um, but, you know, how third... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, and trying to troubleshoot issues there sometimes, you know, when they, you know, sometimes arise, sometimes not. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, a lot of like logistics handling and making sure people have kegs when they need it and uh, tap handles and yeah, sometimes, you know, I'm a, I'm a therapist to people. I feel like I you know, post up at a bar and just <laughs> listen to people's problems. But uh, that's kind of the name of the game and why I enjoy it so much. Just uh, listening to people and drinking beers. <laughs> yeah, rough life, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, exactly. you guys mentioned emails a lot. Like in my head, you guys are doing like cold calls. I don't know why door to door, like not walking into bars and trying to meet the person that is the person. Does that happen a lot? Or you, I mean, you got to probably warm it up with a few calls and an email first. No, you're knocking on doors, but you're like the m mass of my communication, like ordering uh, is email based. So that does take up a lot of my time. And then you're knocking on doors, of course, and hanging out and just checking in on people. Uh, but yeah, emailing a lot, a lot of texts, a lot of phone calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got an order tonight through through Instagram. It's like, hey, Barry, can I get six cases of beer? And I'm like, good thing I was checking my Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you get texts, you get the the emails, and uh, I think when you're when you're trying to get in, if everybody's thinking, oh, hey, I gotta I'm gonna be getting into this field, it looks like great. You know, these guys just eat and drink all the time. This is right. <laughs> that's all they do. Uh, you know, knocking on doors, sometimes some of your leads are, uh, you see them on Instagram, you know, they're opening soon, they're getting the license soon. And so you're checking out the menu online. So sometimes you do some due diligence of saying, oh, hey, uh, I see you got uh, an Italian pizzas and pastas. I know a fine Italian Pilsner named Marco Polo, that might be a nice fit. And uh, you try to wedge your foot in the door that way. So yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, how, how well versed in, in different beer are the majority of bar and restaurant owners, or is there a lot of education in your job? 
Jenna, I'll yeah. let you, uh, you, you, you said yeah. you're right immersed in the whole brand, branding and building. Yeah, I, you know, it, you do kind of have to find your gaps, but you know, it's, it's tricky when breweries kind of make the slew of everything. So um, a little bit of education, but mostly to be honest, the biggest thing is price point is going in and making sure that you align with what the customer wants to pay. Um, you know, for me it, right now, selling a lot of loggers to, to macro bars, um, it's trying to, you know, be the craft on tap. And um, I think a lot of times for us, like it's us preparing to hear the word no a lot um, mm -hmm. and trying to work on the fly of how we can work around that. So just finding any little opportunities, whether that be like a feature can and just showing that like we can provide a better customer service than the next guy. Nailed it. Yeah. So you mentioned like being the being the craft option. I bet like even a few years ago, Barry, maybe when you were, getting started i bet a lot of your job was con convincing people to swap out a big brewery in favor of just like trying craft beer supporting <laughs> craft beer is that still the case or is it like everyone's got like at least a couple craft line like or is it they're clear there's just some bars that they don't want to support independent they're just going big guys i don't even bother going there anymore uh so yeah i i will say you hit that <laughs> if it's in all three of those buckets you're going to get somebody who's um they've they they open up a, a spot and they got 20 taps and you look at their menu and he goes hey i got it i've dealt with Flabats for 25 years uh, they've been good to me they take care of me so then i uh i those are air quotes for the <laughs> and then yeah sorry i forgot this is audio yeah so yeah uh, and then so you, you can you see the craft selection they'll, they'll be honest with you and say hey it's, it's not moving it's probably not worth your while uh, then you got your your well-known craft beer bars, who are are fantastic to deal with, and uh, they've de developed such a, a rapport of being ambassadors of craft beer that it's like, hey, what's new? What's exciting? And because um, they want to extend that experience to their guests who are who are looking for uh, new and exciting items. And then you've got people who are. Uh, saying, oh, you know what? I can't get this beer for whatever reason from this big guy. D do you have a weed ale? And it's like, well, yeah, we actually, we do. Uh, do you want to try it? And all of a sudden it's like, oh, where's, that's all it costs. And, and so all of a sudden you're having those conversations where they're expecting, they, and I said, well, if you want, I can charge more for the keg if that's what you want to do. And uh, uh, I just won't be able to take you any leaf games if, 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 if you, but uh, that's, that's, some of the, some of the conversations you have is is of those three characters uh ones who are craft friendly ones who are craft curious and some who just have no desire whatsoever craft curious that's a great way of putting it being like yeah being able to get someone out of a pinch sometimes ends up in like some of your best accounts yeah it's remember, it's a great, remember you right yeah yeah well you just find this volume where they're just like whoa and to barry's point they're like oh i thought it was going to be way more expensive and you're like oh okay hmm. it's not I, and you're gonna make great margins on it and uh brand recognition like when people come in your bar and holy shit this is on tap then all of a sudden the crowd who didn't think they liked ipas are now you know guzzling 60 to 90 liters a week that have a little hole in the wall it's perfect yeah and are there still bars probably in each of the three categories we identified where like it's just the best deal you i don't care just give me the best deal like i'm his price oh, point sure. every yeah 
the only the only factor for some bars absolutely and i mean especially coming out of what we just went through like yeah three years of closures and that a lifetime ago but uh yeah definitely and i mean i understand i get it it's expensive especially in toronto so you gotta you gotta find uh you gotta find ways to make money and sometimes it's uh the you know the cheapest beer you can purchase yeah well there's there's operators who um play that game and they'll say well this guy's giving me such and such a deal and and you're kind of going all right, we're, we're, I'm not going to play that way. I, I just don't feel comfortable doing it. I'm not going to compromise. And then uh, we don't compromise on quality. Why should we compromise on price? And then all of a sudden you have that conversation and you're like frustrated because you think you just lost uh, a relationship with a customer. And then you turn around and there's somebody brand new who says, that's it. That's all it costs. Oh my God, that's, that's so reasonable. It's, it's like, oh, like where the hell were you? <laughs> and, right. and, then, and then you'll talk to somebody who says, Hey, I don't want kickbacks. I don't want deals. I don't want to be handcuffed to anybody. And it's like, how can I, and it's a brand new person. And you're like, how can I get you into a thousand different bars that I'm going to be calling on in the next you know, year? Just there's some decent people out there that have a great mindset and uh, it's just finding them. So yeah, it's knocking on doors, crossing off the ones that, you know, you're not going to do business with and then just, Sweeve so on next, go on to the next one. They're opening I also, constantly. Sorry, yeah, I, I also think that, you know, customer education is a huge thing. So it's like, once you get on tap, like, how do you make sure your product is moving? Um, yeah. You know, especially in smaller towns, like, you know, in Toronto, obviously they're going to know all the big breweries and, and all, you know, any of the maybe small, smaller craft, but uh, the lo- like the local, like small towns where you walk into and you know, Joe Blow has been drinking Coors Light his whole life. And so it's like, how do you get a Stonehill Hill lager into his hand? And so like, I think like a big thing after the fact is yeah, like customer education going in and kind of engaging and like helping your product move. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I, uh, I'll i bring up the, this one story I love when I first started in this career was uh, I met Milos for the first time uh, out in London. And uh, when he was at Gambrinus and uh, he was slowly switching over the taps, slowly switching over the taps. And he had one Molson Canadian tap. It was three drinkers that were drinking it. And he guys, he's like, listen, you guys are killing me. I, I, I need to switch over this tap. Do you want to try check VAR? So then these three guys are like, oh, yeah, it's great beer, great beer. And finally, he was able to swap out Molson Canadian. And then these three guys are like, you know what? Let's go for wings. I miss having Canadian. Let's go to this bar around the corner. And sure enough, they have Molson Canadian, and they're like, "Goddamn, Milos, what he's done to us now? We can't drink this anymore." So they go back and drink the good stuff, the Czechvar, uh, Gambrina. So yeah, I think it's when you have operators like Milos, and he's always the first one. He's like, "Hey, if I'm serving great food, I may as well have great beer." And I, I've quoted that so many times. So when you have um, operators who become your your extension of your your company they're your outside rep saying oh yeah man, this beer is great it's made with these hops try it with this it's getting the staff i always say it's uh the tap to the table um makes the experience at the bars so if yeah educating this you know you had some staff they're quite curious they want to know um, about the beer and they want to visit uh, that's where i think that's that's the gem of creating that experience for for the the end guests so that's what I'm yeah 100 percent having a 
having a like a bartender who's essentially selling your product for you is just like another employee for the bar yeah. they can be your best sales rep yeah and in toronto those it bounces around so they might they might go to a bar that doesn't have your beer on tap and they're going to the bar manager being like hey we got to get this beer it sells really well or whatever mm-hmm. so they're out there grinding for you yeah i mean it must be such a different market in toronto even versus guelph and in, in london like we've got like eight craft breweries now which is still pretty low considering our population but in the beginning you heard from these guys like I'm, I'm friends with the guys at fork river and the guys at anderson and and we're such a labats town that everybody just asked for a payout and they just they didn't do it they just said we're, we're not going to do it and they built up such a name for themselves that eventually they were the, the local craft beer people would go into restaurants and be like why don't you have anderson so all these guys that said you got to play ball you got to pay us they all came crawling back I don't know if you can still do that in Toronto because there's somebody else right behind you probably willing to play ball. Does that still, is that still the case where you find they come back and you go, you know, people have been talking about your beer, changed my mind. <laughs> Maybe we can do something. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think you've got uh, scenarios where we pissed Tori off. He left <laughs> <at> the table. <laughs> no, I, I'd say he that, doesn't want to answer the question. Yeah. No, I'll there's answer it. <laughs> how to get a beer i, I remember uh, I, I was going to meet a, a prospect you know i dealt with him at, at a previous company and i said uh, oh hey i've got this beer instigator i think it's gonna be a nice fit at your bar and he's like instigator and he pulls out his, his bill and he goes i just had it at the bar just around the street he goes it's a great beer i'm like well why don't you carry it and and originally you know he was a, a little skeptical about trying this beer he doesn't know and then he actually liked it. And he's like, yeah, let's bring it in. And uh, it's doing quite well with it. So um, th- those opportunities do happen. Um, but there's, yeah, there's, I, I think Jenna and Tori, like we, you tend to naturally, I don't know if it's subconsciously or consciously, you end up dealing with people you just like and that you actually want to work with because um, the people that beat you up for, for prizing or keg deals is just like you know what there's some customers i've said i want my competitor to have like go <laughs> let that headed go over there like, you'll get that phone call at five you know 11 o'clock on a friday night hey my beer's foamy it's like well fix it like <laughs> like I always, I always say this it's weird in this industry how um if something's wrong with the beer they phone up the beer rep but if there was something wrong with their fryer they don't phone up the chicken farmer to say, "Hey, uh, what's going on with the fryer?" Like it's, <laughs> it's, and, 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 they're not and calling it, Cisco. But, they're not calling Cisco. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I find fascinating in, in this industry that uh, we're we're the faces of the brands, but also we're um, we're the faces of the liquid that comes out of it as well. So anyway, that's, yeah, sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah, oh, I like sure, but then sometimes it is, and then we, you know, we're we're we're, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place because we want to keep that yeah that good account and it is 11 p.m on a friday and but then it's a slippery it's a slippery slope though because you know you do it once and then you get every friday you get a call because someone happened to forget to order a keg or you know someone forgot to put a keg in the fridge it's just it's that fine line between you know good customer service and and uh yeah oh yeah there's yeah you definitely want to offer that service um but yeah, there's 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 ones that were they call at eleven o'clock on a Friday, but also you're chasing after them sixty days to pay up their bill. Uh, those sure. are the ones that I say. Uh, 
So then you're good to go. Oh, yeah, sorry, just so you know, I'm, I'm trying a collaboration beer that oh. uh, Left Field and Indy did. Um, so uh, we just released. It? So, Is that new? Uh, yeah, we, it's, uh, it's part of our 10X series. Uh, and so something that they created. So what's it? Yeah, what's, every, what's everybody drinking? I'm going to guess well, Tori's drinking ice cold beer. <laughs> what yeah. do you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm con contractually obligated at this point. Yeah, this is Hot called dogs new, on the way. <laughs> new School IPA just came out uh, on Friday. So. Okay. I got uh, the IPA from Sonin. We just released it last week. Nice. nice. You got Keats American Lager from uh, Storm State here in London. Keeping it local. I'm keeping it local too. London Brewing. Uh, it's a mosaic IPA they did with Radio Western, uh, the radio station at Western. <laughs> oh, rad. It's Cheers, a nice, everybody. It's a nice IPA. Cheers. And I stupidly didn't get a backup. So I got to either go slow or leave to go to the other room at some point in my own podcast. Yeah. Don't you have a keg reader? <laughs> it's in the garage. It's really far. Oh. <laughs> it's mostly in the summer. Yeah, I've had I've had uh, Marco Polo on tap. I've had a Sun and Hill beer on tap. I, I don't think I've had anything from Left Field on tap yet. Sorry, sorry, Tori. Gotta, Gotta get on it, Tori. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell the London rep. <laughs> Is there a London rep? I'm always no. bugging Mark and Mandy to get one. <laughs> uh, we do have. Uh, it's myself and uh, Kevin who does the East End, and then Caitlin who manages out of town, but she also manages uh, a whole heap of other things. So it's basically just an email. Uh, so we're happy to we'll get you beer wherever you are in Ontario but yeah. anyone listening that lives in London and wants a keg just email Tori that's what he just said yeah shameless plugs yeah hot, I'm, I'm no stranger to a hot shot on a Friday yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah it might be uh, what, what's it to London two hours it's a bit of a rip but yeah it's about two hours but uh, you got you got the home opener in two weeks Tori like I think uh, Ben will need something uh, for when Tigers the Tigers. Are in Tigers are in Toronto for the home yeah. opener. Yeah, so there you go. We just picked up a new yeah. pitcher at the World Baseball Classic. Anyway, <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Is that a? Are you a Tigers fan because you grew up in London, or is it because you currently live in London? I grew up here, so my dad was a Tigers fan. Grew up Tigers fan. Yeah. I mean, I'm too. It's pretty much equidistant to what what used to be Tiger Stadium and and the Sky Dome, so it was kind of a coin toss. And back in the day when they were in the same division, it was quite a rivalry. So yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Now, but yeah. I mean, I lived in Toronto for 10 years and I lived across the street the first year and we'd go to Tooney games. So I love the Jays. I watched probably more Jays than the Tigers, but can't officially change allegiances just because of convenience. Of course. Comerica is a beautiful park though. So it's really nice. I get it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the Jays will have a nicer park this year. Mm -hmm. And a, and a glizzy, a glizzy uh, section specifically for dogs yeah like a dollar hot dogs all year i'm hearing is that for real yeah it's every tuesday okay baseball corner here we go yeah uh <laughs> yeah every tuesday still but then they announced yeah snyder's has got their own like uh area so amazing what, uh, yeah, there, you know there, where to find me what does that mean there's loony dogs on toony dogs on every day or or Oh, sorry, Tori. This, no, this is breaking news. This is. I heard yeah, it was. Yeah. A, I heard there was an everyday thing coming for this season because of that section. That'll be wow. that. That'll be interesting. I have. I, I don't know much about that. I know it's every Tuesdays because uh, I've yeah. got those marked in my calendar. Mm -hmm. As Barry does, I'm sure. If it's yeah. every game, we know how Tori dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This story writes itself. I live across the street, so I'm okay. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I see as many games as possible. And, you know, I'm sure my cardiologist would love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> well, somewhat on the subject. Okay. There, you, you obviously do occasionally have to go to bars at like 11 o'clock at night. You mm-hmm. got to check on customers a lot. It seems like there's at least some expectation that you're visiting accounts, stick around for a beer, have a, have a meal, probably not the most healthy meal. Like it seems like this could be potentially a really unhealthy job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It wasn't even a question. It was please confirm, not even a question. Just scroll back in my Instagram feed and you can see, uh, you can see it. Yeah. Progress. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can make it as unhealthy as you want or as healthy as you want. Now with the advent of uh, sparkling water, say, Hey, booze free bench pops. <laughs> I just came here to plug everything we, yeah. we brew. <laughs> you guys are reps. I would have expected nothing less. <laughs> well, you could say the same thing with your Instagram feed, though, Ben, right? I mean, it's all just beer and hot dogs. So is that really different than the life? Well, when of the people beer are rep? like, fuck, you're unhealthy. I'm like, look at this Tory guy, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? Um, I do like, since we drive a lot, I'm, uh, I don't really mix alcohol and driving for obvious reasons. Uh, so that does get me. Give me a free pass a lot of times for just like uh hey how you doing handshake and like you know not not the sit down meal and a beer because you know mm-hmm. you don't want to play with fire but of course we go friday night saturday night thursday night monday tuesday wednesday night <laughs> <laughs> so yeah again you can make it as unhealthy as you want but uh yeah i remember starting in the for eight years, I did on the LCBO side, the retail side. And then once I started getting into the bars and restaurants that you visit somebody like, hey, uh, you want to have a burger? Yeah, yeah, let's get a burger. Oh, you want bacon and cheese on it? Yeah, sure. It sounds good. Oh, you want our fries? We triple cook it in duck fat. I'm like, hey, that's not bad at all. I think I gained 20 pounds ever since doing uh, this gig and uh, <laughs> haven't been able to shake it. And, and COVID. So, yeah, I'm I'm. Always saying, okay, this is going to be the year. I'm going to be healthy and have the salad instead of, but it's, <laughs> it hasn't quite happened yet. So. Hey, you just got to find good. those licensees with the with the good salad. Well, yeah, but they also have um, really good noodle dishes, and, and you're like, oh yeah, you got a chicken, pizza, yeah. burgers. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got to get the Power Bowl at King Taps. That's my go-to if I'm going to get hit lunch on the count. It's uh, healthy. Up. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not even like working at an office. I used to be lazy and I would just go out and get lunch very, very often. And then I shifted to full-time working from home. So I didn't go to restaurants anymore and I lost like 20 pounds. So I totally understand mm-hmm. if I was in a restaurant or a bar every day, I would not be able to, <laughs> to, to hold back the temptation. Yeah. Yeah. With an expense account, no less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of Buffalo chicken wraps in my past. Yeah. <laughs> the standard, um, the classic. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned you guys are kind of the face of the brand. And for sure, like I I Tori's like, you got your real game is strong. <laughs> but you guys okay. do you do you feel that there's like an expectation? Uh is there pressure to do shit like that on social media? Or is that just something that like is a part of the job description? Or do you guys go the extra mile? No, I'm surprised they let me do it. They just let me run away with it. And, you know, I mean, I keep it between the ditches. I'm not like treading into political waters or I try not to curse on it because it just, I don't know. I don't want it to become 
unprofessional. Um, yeah. If you meet me in real life, it's a different story, but I keep it, keep it professional. And like Mark and Mandy, God bless them. They just kind of let me uh, do my thing. And I think it helps like the amount of times, like I get recognized when I don't know, but they're like, Hey, you're the dude that slams beers on the internet. Like, I like, <laughs> and it's not like I have this, insane following but it does happen from time to time where it's just like oh you're the ice cold beer like i love that beer so it, it works yeah and i mean it's free you can leverage a free application and kind of get creative because we do have a ton of downtime you know you're sitting in your car sitting in traffic walking yeah. to and from bars and bars do request like hey when you come make some content like because you're promoting them you're promoting your product and you're promoting yourself so I think it, it's great. And there's, there's no like gun to my head being like, go do this. It was just like a, a bonus feature. Jenna, do you find that with Stone and Hill? Are you just required or is it not an expectation? No, 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 not at all. I am. And I'm, I'm lousy at social media. You'll get the every six months, a picture of a dog or like <laughs> me and my wife that, on the though. beach when I'm not even, you know, when I'm not even working type of thing um yeah i i i don't have the patience for it uh, i do i do see there see the value in it but um i i just don't have the patience for social media anymore <laughs> yeah i think i've it, jason's been great since i was with him he's like hey it's your tag you can do whatever the hell you want with it it's uh i i think during covid i was starting this whole fabulous friday food like pictures and and a little bit of an article and realize okay i'm writing all this stuff on it who writes on instagram oh i do uh but all of a sudden you get uh you get the the operators the people that, that say hey very uh you know they'll send me a text that hey i just read it really appreciate it meant a lot to me uh thanks so much and it's like oh okay well the one person that did read it is the one that that you you generally care about and if one person or five people go into that restaurant and try go visit them meet the staff and meet the owners that's that's where i think it's there's the the value uh that didn't cost anything uh and it's it's, it's just a genuine word of mouth ad really so yeah that's how I, view, I, I that's how i viewed it as i really liked those berries it was like a heartfelt love letter to a restaurant and it was like i could as if i was an owner i'd be like i appreciate this the guy actually gives a shit about me like yeah well yeah they they it's uh is it symbiotic? Where you? Oh no, no, it's. I don't synergistic. Know. Synergistic. Yeah, like I don't they're know they're happy. I don't know. I don't marketing know. words. Yeah, yeah. So we're keep going. Yeah, you, they're. Uh, <laughs> you, you want them to do well so that more people go in and sit sit at their uh, tables. You scratch their back, they scratch yours. This is what yes. the word you're looking for. Yeah, but it's yeah, not a word. I think so. Yeah, just scratch <laughs> scratch my ass. Yeah. Scratch you're being nice yeah. to future accounts. The value yes. is clear. Yeah. <laughs> It makes sense. Um, so these days, like, I feel like not combating craft so much, but you're still competing for those, like, you know, craft taps. Your competition is other craft breweries. I mean, Tori and Barry, you guys probably literally overlap territories. I don't know. But like, yeah, what's, the, what's, what's yeah. the dynamic like? I mean, you guys are clearly friendly. Mm -hmm. You're also representing competing businesses. How does that work? Like it's so always, you know, the soap opera of the craft beer industry is everybody loves everybody. But I mean, that's you know, there's bullshit to that. Well, you never extent, seen the like you never that. seen the Friday afternoon uh, sales rep brawl down at uh, yeah, the parking lot fight. <laughs> yeah, 
No. Yeah. That part doesn't make it to social media. Yeah. No, yeah. Now, there's, uh, I mean, this phrase has been used to death over the last couple of years, but we generally are, or we actually are all in this together. Like, mm. there's a lot of the pie. It, it has definitely gotten smaller since the addition of hundreds of other breweries. Um, but uh, there's no real backstabbing or real drama yeah. like that I experienced. Like, I had an issue with, I had run out of our Italian Pilsner, Glorioso. You may have heard of it. Um, yeah, and then that's what should be on tap next. When, that's going to be the email I send you this summer. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't get it to an account, but I uh, I had promised it, and it, I was like, oh shit! Now what? So I'm scrambling, and I I put Barry in touch with the account, and uh, mm-hmm. all was well. Yeah, and he's. Uh, it happened twice where Tori went out of his way, and uh, uh, I've yet to return the favor. So sorry, Tori. One day I will return the favor i'll buy you yeah, once our mark when our mark starts calling you about the dome just pass yeah. me, pass uh, i'll put you in. uh yeah so yeah no yeah tori's been great he uh he's he's uh, more than generous uh but again he was out again this is a testament to him he was out looking out for his customer he wanted that style of beer had a tap for it and uh uh tori was a the gentleman and so, so that was actually think, so late in a minute we'll get to i opened up this to reddit which is always a dangerous thing mm-hmm. to do I but i wanted to question. see i want to see what kind of questions they would have for sales reps and one of them was is the community so lovey-dovey that in a pinch if you had something that was asked for that you didn't have it but you knew a brewery that had a great version would you send them yeah. in their way and i guess the answer yeah. is yes yeah yeah i think as story says like i think if, since ever since i've been in this it's always been we're uh brothers and sisters in arms are up against the big breweries and you've got some places who are who are high end and should be able to afford the beers are, are getting rid of uh stella because it's now 500 bucks a keg like it's ridiculous stella like, yeah and I had one person one person say i'd have to charge 17 bucks a pint to make my profit Jeez. margin and it's and they're like and i'm at labat's bar and i'm getting rid of it and uh it's quite fascinating and I don't get it because it says on the tap head imported from Belgium. They could say imported from Belmont and that would be a lot closer because they make it right there in London. I just, I just, it yeah. just boggles my mind. So, um, well, it's always yeah. been interesting that, that the way they position that beer as like a premium beer, because it's, you know, it's piss everywhere else in the world, but in North yeah. America, it's, yeah, it's elite the chalice bullshit. Beheading yeah. and, and I, I, I think it's, in the UK, I, my next door neighbor said, he goes, yeah, there it's like lucky lager. It's, it's, it's buck of beer. It's, it's brutal. And here it was modeled beautifully, but it's, it's, I find it fascinating how they can charge that much. And they're losing key premium accounts that are just like, okay, I need a lager. So there you go. Ice cold, Tori. Uh, there you go. Ice cold beer for yeah. Tori. There you go. I, I could sort them out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll return the favor for you. How's that? that yeah please do would you i was okay. gonna say so, there's so you've got your brothers and sisters in arms in the industry but there has to also be like cousins and second cousins that you don't get along with as well like the industry's oh. gotten so much wider there's got to be you know the breweries that you have a kinship with and people in the industry and others that you don't get along as well with yeah yes maybe not necessarily get along with but i've been like personally slighted like i just take it personally like when you're taking off tap for another brewery because mm-hmm. they offer maybe a lower price point um that that one you're kind of like ah, shit like but it's you know 
it is what it is. It's not a personal attack. It's a business. Like the bar owner needs to make more money. And yeah, yeah it feels like sometimes the relationship you built is then just immediately thrown out of the window over a couple bucks. But uh, I guess that's the game. Hmm. Do you find this like kinship is pretty aligned to like brewery size? Cause it seems to me like you guys would play in a similar ballpark with people who can offer the same sort of pricing, offer the same sort of like, you know, swag, whatever. And like, is it like, Oh, they're about our size. We're kind of in the same competition, same level as the breweries get bigger, get a little more money to throw around. Like, is it that's how I would that's how I would assume your allegiances lie? You know what I mean? I'm not trying to call it Amsterdam or something, but kind of. But like you know, like a big uh, the bigger breweries that have some bucks to some must some muscle, I guess. That or is it just as good as the rep and their integrity? You know? Yeah, the rep definitely. Like I run into the rep, not the CEO, right? So yeah, if the rep's a good guy or gal, like then we're cool. Yeah, just stay that. Stay away from my tap, would you? Yeah, Very. yeah. It's like an un, it's just an unspoken <laughs> thing. I feel like we're all friends in the end. Well, you know, a lot of us are as reps are friends, so you just you know you don't you don't want to do that to a bud. So yeah. you just don't. There, there's been times where uh, you had a bar owner saying, "Oh, I'm I'm going to get rid of this beer," and you feel bad. You're like, "Oh my god, this is." You don't want to be the person that that went in and and took that tap handle so there's been times where i've actually phoned up the rep and said listen uh i don't know if there you can salvage this um but they they want to take you off tap um uh, maybe you can go in because i know it's a good account for you um and i'm just going in and uh you get that hey thanks barry thanks for looking out for me was able to smooth it out fix this situation there was an issue i wasn't aware of and then then i don't know it's just being good karma is uh, is building uh, I don't know, positive energy, so that you know hopefully one day they'll look out for you. Like and that and that's happened. And there's been times where I had an operator say, "Oh, hey, you can have this. You can have these two taps. I'm going to get rid of this brewery." And I phoned up the rep and I'm like, "Hey, this guy seems pretty anxious." He goes, "Barry, take that account. They're a headache to deal with. Uh, by all Perfect. means." He goes. Uh, but you're a friend and I wouldn't want to do that to you. Like you don't want this account. I'm like, okay, good to know. And sure enough, that account, I think within four months closed up and it was just like, okay, good, 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 good. So I think we, we generally do look out for each other. Um, just because yeah, we're in there for the long game. It's not just short term transactions. So. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of calls and texts in between me and like, Hey, what do yeah. you know about this? Like when you walk into a place and it's got you know, six taps and two beer are on, you're like, mm. yeah. yeah. And they want yeah. to take everything from you. And you're like, wait a sec. And so you, you know, reach out to the rep who's on tap. You're like, what do you know? For sure. Yeah. yeah. The in intel is, is definitely important. So uh, sharing that information amongst ourselves is, is, is good way to keep the collective craft ship moving. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You never want to be the last brewery that's willing to deal with a place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I feel like, probably fell into that trap a couple of times in my earlier years <laughs> like why is nobody going to this guy <laughs> or you just like why are oh, you just gonna take five brands from me sick <laughs> and then you're chasing to barry's point you're chasing them for three years trying to get payment yeah 
So do, have I just fallen into like the three nicest, most honest reps? And I, here's the thing <laughs> that always happens is like, everyone's like, oh, there's a lot of skeeziness in this industry. Like everyone does it, but not me. That's what I've always heard. Like, that's what everyone says. Like everybody plays games that are not sustainable. We don't do that because it's not sustainable. I'm like, well, you can't say everyone does it. And then everyone says everyone does it except you. I will say there's times I've walked into bars and I've seen certain tap handles. And going back to what we've talked about, about the craft friendly. And I already know the conversation that's going to happen. I say, oh, I know this brewery, this brewery, this brewery, this brewery. I don't know their reps. I don't like how they operate. I'm right. not going to waste my time. I'm not even going right. to bother leaving samples. It's just like, hey, just curious. And it's like, oh, no, we're good. They take care of us. It's like, okay, does the beer move? Well, not really. We've got yeah. issues, but hey, we get a good deal. It's like, well, okay, I don't want to be dealing with that. So, Well, and some of these, I mean, we won't name names, but I'm pretty sure we're talking about the same brewery generally. But there's a lot, there's a bar, there's a brewery that had like two taps in every bar for a long time. And you're like, those beers are pretty close and it's the same brewery and there's no way they're selling. But then you're like, obviously they're greasing the wheels. How is it sustainable? I was always like, how the fuck can they afford that? First of all, if they're like, and I don't know how they're still in business. Like, I, I don't get it. Did they, did they get bought out? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same question we asked ourselves. <clears throat> yeah is how how like there's telltale signs like you said multiple taps on the same brewery yeah tons and tons of establishments you're like how does this make sense beer is a volume play but margins are razor thin yeah. you know these it's not free so these are question marks that remain to come to fruition i suppose and when they do or don't well, i guess we'll cross that bridge well, I, I i think it catches up with them eventually like it's i think there's this 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 model is like okay well we're gonna get people to try it it's a marketing angle they'll love it so much that they'll go buy it at the lcbo and we'll make up the money at the lcbo well then if one arm of your business is not profitable and then it just goes down and if the beer's not great nobody's buying it that that's that that's what i find has been uh an issue and so then you see um there's short changing if they're doing that on the price they're short changing on the ingredients they're short changing on the on the service and it it catches up with them all of a sudden you're seeing mergers you're seeing uh bios you're seeing you know Shitty desperate times yeah 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 and exactly yeah. marketing's a hell of a hell of a thing though right like there's a lot to be said with it doesn't matter what's in the can it's you know what's on the outside of the can where it can be yeah you, you just get enough people drinking it you know it, it'll it'll make sense eventually yeah yeah and then it's... someone will come along and back up the old truck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or they just want your skews yeah that's another that that happened early on people just buying skews and the real estate yeah 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 cash out quick Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're going to earn your keep as a co-host and throw them a question while I get another beer. Ooh. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think Ben was really hoping when he said, are we on with the three nicest, friendliest beer reps? He was really hoping that you guys were going to confess some sort of sleazy story that, that each of you have been involved with personally. Do you care to share something you know, really sleazy that you've done in the industry? Oh, yeah, me first, Chris. Please, <laughs> it's a softball. I know. Uh, you know, tell me your worst thing you've done at your job uh, for you yeah, know for anyone that time? wants to no. listen. 
um, I will uh, plead the fifth. No, I have no sleazy stories, unfortunately. What you see is what you get. Well, that's good. No, no, I can appreciate that. Um, you know, it's we interesting. Try to get them to name names. We covered that in the ground rules before you got on the call. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I wanted them to tell sleazy stories about themselves and then to put like an obvious fake name that it clearly still means that you're talking about yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Corey. Corey Mainland. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, less sleazy stories here. How about uh, the CEO of Summer Story, Barry? It's not quite sleazy, but uh, it is fun. Uh, so how I got into this crazy industry, I uh, won a contest brought to you CEO of Summer uh, back in 2001. I had to uh, sink a putt and um, basically got all my buddies to write a letter of recommendation and uh, I won it. It was John Verdon. He was the brand manager for Bud Light because they only wanted um, guys who, uh, oh, that was a the problem. They had, everybody was going, because they had Isaac from the Love Boat going, this calls for a Bud Light. Uh, everybody thought it was an American commercial, it was American. So they wanted something Canadian. So uh, I won that contest and uh, they said, okay, well, you want to golf around a golf for you and your buddies. And so I, uh, they said, we'll, we'll set you up on the golf, all, all the golf courses. I said, no, no, it's okay. I'll just submit the expenses. And they're like, uh oh. So I got a new set of clubs, uh, five grand. And then I went golfing and I went to the National. I went to Angus Glen. I went to Devil's Pulpit. I went, and it was like a thousand bucks around. And I remember Labatt's is like, you just soaked this for seventeen thousand dollars this this summer, and I'm just like, I'm like, hey, and and for a while I was on their payroll, so I was I was actually in a, a Labatt employee at one point, um, and then uh, a couple of years later I sent them an idea during Super Bowl. I said, what do you, I sent them an idea? I said, what do you guys think of this? Barry Pletch for Mayor, brought to you by the Bud Light Institute, and all of a sudden they called me up and they said, we love it. And I said, and I had this whole slogan. It was better ethics and economic responsibility. If you want beer, vote for Barry Pletch. And they're like, this is great, this is awesome. Um, and then they uh, they had their whole marketing campaign and they were gonna go along with it. And then Ernie Eves called the election early. So I said, sorry, Barry, we're not gonna get the media play. Um, oh, and that was another thing too. Like I, Toronto Elections Act, we became a mega city. So I said, can I have as many campaign headquarters? And they phoned me up and said, we went through the entire Elections Act. You can have as many campaign headquarters as you want. Uh, it's since now been revised. It's called, I don't know if it's called the Barry Pletch Rule, but you can't only have one campaign headquarter. So I went to Labatt's and they said, great, we'll make every beer, uh, every bar or beach had a, a, a campaign headquarter. Anyways, they, they said, sorry, we can't do it. Um, so I, uh, they paid me, for, paid for my home renovations for the idea. I said, okay, great. And, uh, but I told too many of my friends, so I, Spent 200 bucks in Speaker's Corner and said, I'm running, running for mayor. I came in last. I lost to a dead guy and <laughs> someone who was, uh, uh, who was, uh, I found out he was, uh, his campaign was, I don't think he, he lived anywhere, but anytime the police horses took a dump on the street, he'd go to hit it with a shovel. That was his platform. I lost to him as well. So, hit uh, it with the shovel, not pick it up, just hit it. Yeah, just hit it. And, uh, wait, that was so, a dead guy? Uh, no, he wasn't the dead guy. I lost to him as well. So I got 110 <laughs> yeah. votes. 
Um, but I lost pretty to, good. Uh, That's more than I thought you'd like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I didn't know anybody. I, I just moved to the city. So there was David Miller, John Tory, and then myself. I got a hundred. So I'm, I'm asking for a recount because obviously yeah. I, I, I should maybe I should be in power. Who knows? But yeah, that was my, <laughs> you got my political vote, aspiration. Nice. Um, speaking of the mayor, I added some. I, I have a soundboard. I never use it, but I've added the, the, my favorite Toronto mayor to my soundboard. Probably in one of my drunken stupors. Good old Robbie. You um, can fill that whole soundboard up with. It. There's so many. I was revisiting. <laughs> he's full of. Uh, he's full of good stuff. What else? Oh. We're gonna have to spank the little uh, tiger cats. <laughs> spank the little tiger cats <laughs> from the greatest press conference in Canadian history. <laughs> Well, do you guys want to uh, see what the Redditors want to know about beer reps? Sure. Yeah, lay it on us. Okay, I'm going to crack another beer. Redditors. I'm having an Anderson Gold. This is probably the London equivalent to ice cold beer. I don't 100%. know. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely solid beer. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your... Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, as I said, my good friend of mine was the Toronto rep for oh, Anderson yeah. for many a year. Uh, what is your favorite part of the job and your least favorite? And Jenna, I'm going to start with you because these guys are talking way more than you. Yeah. How it normally goes. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite part of the job is definitely uh, just interacting with so many different people. Um, my least favorite part of the job is interacting with so many people. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's definitely, it has its its pros and cons. Um, you know, it's really awesome going out there and meeting so many people um, from all walks of life and, and talking beer. Um, but it also can be very exhausting and draining at times when you're always, when you're always on. So um, got to really find that balance. <laughs> I'm finding myself just hanging out alone in my house quite a bit these days, but, um, you know, that just amps me up for party nights once in a while. Yeah. I mean, being a sales rep, you got to be on. I did, I did financial sales when I was in my early twenties and like, there's just like a level of exhaustion that comes with it. I'm in like a marketing role even now. I don't I'm in sweatpants in my basement now, but it's great. But I mean, pre pandemic, you're just kind of on. Uh, I, and I find that maybe too often after a long day of being on, you reach for a, a drink. So like, it must be doubly difficult to be like, I'm on all the time. And I'm surrounded by alcohol. Yeah. For Which sure. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely like finding a good balance in, in this, in this, in this uh, work is, is important. So, you know, finding ways to kind of get, get energy out or, you know, right way up by, you know, maybe not reaching for a beer. Like I've, I've, uh, I got a Peloton. So I, you know, I do rides now and, yeah. just different things that uh will help me alleviate that stress yeah um, no it's for real and the corporate world there's a lot of talk about mindfulness right now because it's fucking mm-hmm. everyone's corporate situation is shit so like yeah peloton's great I, I mean not to make this about a mindfulness episode but i've got like meditation apps big shout out to meditation apps i've got the calm app and i just sprung for headspace too so just give me all the apps 
yeah i just i just put a true crime podcast on you know listening to people murdering each other and, and <laughs> yeah. just, that's I'm what real just is you. <laughs> i don't get that that is I, I don't get that a lot of people find that so chill but i'm like i just that doesn't interest me that's no, uh, watch over my back yeah, I live yeah. three floors up in the air too. exactly i already have anxiety i don't need to listen about serial killers <laughs> it's when yeah. you gotta go those are good pump up songs when you gotta or, or listen to is when you gotta go collect cash and Ask for payment for old invoices. That's those are the ones you want to listen to. Just get checked. Break stuff by Limp Bizkit on repeat. <laughs> I'm picturing Barry listening to the Rocky Four soundtrack in the parking lot outside of Craft Tabs or something. <laughs> uh, my my go-to has been, and it's worked. I'll give this out to any beer rep that wants to do this. If there's a, a if there's an account that's um, not paying you, uh, just show up on a Friday at seven o'clock, and with the printed statement on the bar in front of you um it works so well you get paid so quickly uh because when the cu other customers see that you're there to collect an invoice um it works so well so I, that's my little tip of the day uh show up on a friday at seven o'clock at a busy bar with a statement and uh it's you nice. quickly get paid <clears throat> well, I won't, I embarrass won't your uh, embarrass your customers in front of their customers or yeah because you're never going to do business with them again you gave them too many chances and so that's it's always been the last straw it's like uh, okay you've lied to me too many times um we're done doing business just pay your bill and i'll be on my way I've, I just always been I've always been tempted to sit down at the bar and just like you know rack up a bill as big as their invoice or even now <laughs> yeah Throw your staff party at the bar and just jack yeah. up the yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, crazy. Uh best and worst for me though. Um I just, yeah, just chit chatting, growing relationships. Uh I think all of us probably got the gift of gab, so it's it's nice to exercise that muscle. And uh worst part by far is yeah, the checks in the mail. Checks in the mail, chasing people for money, being just blatantly lied to. Yeah. It's it's kinda it's kinda hurtful <laughs> when you're like, I thought we were friends. Yeah. And like yeah there's uh oxford pennant out of buffalo makes a great pennant it says pay your damn invoice and i've always it's, if it wasn't so expensive you could just send them to all your <laughs> your delinquents but yeah the best works for sure best part yeah this industry is great people are great yeah i mean if you own a bar your chances are you're a certain type of individual uh those are my people yeah they're but in the also, service industry. bars, some of the worst people in the world work in bars. Like, I've worked in bars. There's some, work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so maybe this is a little bit too much behind the curtain. Someone wants to know, do your beer sales remain a consistent price amongst all establishments? I mean. Yeah. 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 There's no, uh, there's no favorites. Yeah. There's no, this guy gets this deal. This guy gets this deal. Sorry, go ahead. I, I think you're talking to three uh, equally tiny breweries. Like we, we we're not in those games. I think you get into the top ten Ontario craft breweries in volumes. That they may have those economies of scales and have those. Uh, they want to maintain those volumes. I think for us, we're just it the is what it is, is. The price is the price. Yeah, and, and when we, you know, we again like the whole thing. We don't compromise on quality. We won't compromise on price. It's it's a pretty easy thing to do. And if it's like, hey, if it's not going to be a right fit at your bar, don't worry. I'm going to go three doors down and see what they say. So that, yeah. that's been my mantra. Like it's, it's, I'm not going to try and get, I'm not going to knock on the 
on the Rogers Center door saying, you need to take off all your Labatt's taps and put on Indy Ale House, it's not going to work. So right. you, you kind of know your audience and, and what to, to deal with. So that, that's, that's, I don't know what you guys are like, but yeah, I'm sure we're all in the same boat in that regard. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's definitely not a practice we rely upon. It's just slippery slope. I think it was Steve Abrams that was saying that just to, mm -hmm. about Mill Street, how it's a slippery slope. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, we don't do signs or key belts or money belts or anything. And it, it's in the law, like it's, it's written out. So. Yeah, I mean, it's open to interpretation and it's more so these days, but yes, it is technically illegal. Well, I did, uh, I will say this. I did one time, uh, I did get an account because there was another uh, Ontario brewery that was doing these things. And- Which one was did, it, Barry? I won't say, <laughs> I won't say. Because uh, I do like a few of the reps. They're, they're, they are decent people. Um, but I just threw, I total guess. I said, listen, you're about to buy a lot of beer this summer. I realize they're giving you one in five. If you do the math, because I heard another beer gets one and four. If you look at our prices, we're actually still quite better than that. And and but I said, trust me, you got a big summer coming up. You're going to be buying a lot of beer. Fifteen minutes later, I get the email. Oh my God, Barry, you're so right. I've been I've been getting hosed even with their free beer. I've been paying too much. And it's just like, yeah. do the damn math, people. Like people who say they'll give you a gift, uh, give you a free keg, they've already worked it into their price. Like it's right. it's, it's 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 there. Like just do the damn math. So, anyway, sorry. Sorry, Dad, nope. I'm going on a... Barry's rant. Get me angry! Get me angry. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Um, people want to know, uh, what brewery, what other brewery is your biggest competition and why? Everyone. Anyone who makes beer, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. White Claw. Just... White Claw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, RTDs, seltzers. Yeah. Yeah, it's the LCBO stores are now becoming uh, white cloth stores in some some spots where even my neighborhood when I'm like, what is going on here? Like there's an entire row of white cloth. And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, what the hell do I do? How, how, how did this happen? Right. So I think that's the biggest thing is the real estate on the shelf spots at the LCBOs is um, one, it's it's it, the product moves and it's profitable. So the LCBO is like, well, I need to build bridges and, and roads and and so uh, and hospitals that's what so, the lcbo is thinking yeah i don't think they're thinking that <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's moves. very yeah it's yeah. very profitable and, and so you just kind of shake your head going wow uh how did this happen so that's that's i would say that's the biggest customer uh competitor on the retail well, that was side. another question people want to know how hard seltzers and teas and kombuchas and things have changed the demand for beer so you guys are obviously feeling it yeah yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Like it's uh, there. There's options. There's options for people, but even people are enjoying cannabis now, and so there's there's different avenues of of fulfilling their joy. So a lot of we've lost a lot of good men and women to the cannabis industry. Yeah, smoke weed every day. Yes, I get to use that. <laughs> You think that yeah. you think that's true? You think a lot of uh, you know a lot of beer drinkers have moved to cannabis instead? Uh, I mean, oh, I meant uh, like on like rep side, like yeah. a lot of our cohorts have moved over. Oh, uh, just started smoking success, weed every so. day and forgot to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know um, if I could. That's yeah, different story. 
<laughs> I, uh, I remember going to the craft brewers conference and they did say like in the US, it was so funny. They, they said, uh, this is like five years ago, they said, uh, they're talking about cannabis becoming legalized. And they said, you know, in certain states um, where it was uh, still uh, illegal, uh, it would impact the beer industry, but where it was legal, it actually didn't impact the craft beer industry. But they said the biggest impact was on talent acquisition. So uh, people oh, in the industry all of a sudden, as Tori was saying, there's people that just, hey, they offered me a bucket load of money uh, and I'm still enjoying what I do. And, and it's all about relationships. So I think that's that's where, where Tori was going at was, is, yeah. The, yeah. I even saw a couple easier. like, I even saw a couple like OG craft beer people who are like, maybe they built up a brewery that's been pretty established and they're like, this looks like the Wild West again. This is like, I yeah. want to get back into the ground floor. Like, Gary McMullen yeah. Muskoka, for example, I'm friends with him. He jumped ship to go tr- get into weed again. Like yeah. uh, Greg Taylor, when they left Steam Whistle, same deal. But I I don't yeah. know that it's happened. I, uh, yeah. I mean, everyone that I know that smokes weed smokes the same amount of weed, and everyone who doesn't smoke <laughs> weed still doesn't smoke weed. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a different beast. Like you're you're dealing directly. Like the government order has to go. Is sorry, they have to order through the government for everything. So you're really just uh, there to say hi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's tougher to differentiate your product than it is in in uh, in the craft beer industry. I mean, if you make a really good beer, that stands out. If you produce really good weed, I don't know that other weed that was pretty good. It was. It also got me high. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't smoke weed. Okay, I'm not a okay. big stoner hothead. But you can you can smoke you can smoke it's fully weed legal and, and there's no judgment here well that's like you bury you can go you can go to a park and smoke weed or or do gummies but do god gummies. forbid you 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 crack open you crack open a beer at, at a park you, you could get arrested right right then and there it's like it's, 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 uh, i guess it's not fair right yeah it's not fair i think it's can you drink in a park can't you drink in parks now that's got not in ontario not, yeah. not no definitely not no, no. Quebec, in Montreal, you can. i like maybe it's like suburban dad vibes but like i'm i always i have a beer in my kid's stroller when we go for a walk no one gives a shit like yeah nobody does but it's always i think actually i got a ticket in guelph for open open beer um you back in the day in like, the early 90s i think maybe i, had I can't remember uh, my multiple arrests it was it was the early 90s <laughs> no convictions but yeah all my experiences with Lennon police have not been pleasant, so uh, I can't imagine walking around that town with an open container. But yeah, I liked I when uh, when I was living in China, you could go anywhere. I was told you, you can drink wherever you want, but then I was the only one that was doing it. I'm like, sure, I should grab a roadie for the taxi or you know for the the elevator ride. Uh, I'm like, oh, well, it's just me. It's like, yeah, Again. Any, anytime you go to a more like liberal place where beer is readily available, it's just the tourists and like the North Americans who are going yeah. hard at it because they can. Yeah. yeah, it's like a fun. I was just in Jamaica. Same thing. You're like, you can just kind of walk around. Yeah, of course you can. It's not a big deal. Oh, yeah. we make it a big deal. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, what is your go to? My job is weird slash hilarious story. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, shotgunning beers and eating glizzies on online, and <laughs> my boss is being perfectly okay with it. I think that's pretty hilarious. 
Jenna, do you have anything? I, yeah, I think I, I think I kind of spoke about this a little bit earlier. Uh, I've, I've definitely played therapist to a lot of people. I've posted up at their bars and, and heard a lot of a lot of stories that I probably shouldn't know. Um, so that's weird because <laughs> that is weird have... because you always hear that from the other side. That's what a bartender's job is. And I attended enough bar like through university or like I've been on the other end of that. But it's yeah. interesting that like maybe they're just waiting for someone else to unload on because they hear yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We're the bartender's bartender. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, so yeah, sometimes I just I walk out of places and I'm like, I don't know how to process that. <laughs> just like <laughs> a vault of information that I will never speak again. <laughs> Uh, but um, but yeah, that's probably that's probably the weirdest thing. You might just have a personality people want to share with you. Maybe maybe yeah, yeah. maybe I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> I had uh, when when I just started doing the the bars and restaurants, uh, I was doing it as a rep for a couple months, and I got uh, a new customer, um, and they're actually still a, a customer uh, of mine now. Um, it was a nudist, uh, oh, sorry, a naturalist uh, society, uh, or or and they asked me to do a beer tasting. So I said, Cock sure. puncher, opening uh, for cock puncher. <laughs> so I, I went up there and uh, they sold it. They had two sit two sittings. Uh, it was in June. It was on a Sunday. And I'm going up there and uh, I get all set up. And they said, oh, by the way, uh, you have to be naked. I'm like, come on. This didn't happen. Come on. <laughs> and uh, so then I'm like, okay. And uh because I didn't want them to stare because if I was the only one clothed, I'm like, well, and I was actually the, the, the I had the lowest BMI uh, of all the guys there and the youngest. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm looking pretty good. So uh, I ended up doing two tastings. Um, I ended up doing 40 push-ups before I got in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get my pump on. <laughs> and I remember uh, they said can we take photos i'm like okay can you just do it from the waist can we take, so come on this did not happen can <laughs> yeah. we take well, photos so they did uh and they tagged the brewery so uh i think troy does have the photos um uh over at uh, gob so uh, i think this is like, an elaborate prank to get naked pictures of you and then he goes did this <laughs> did this actually happen and i was only working for gob for like a couple months so yeah that was my most hilarious uh <laughs> weird go-to moment of Come on, you hey. sold, you did it. You got naked to sell beer. <laughs> well, it wasn't to sell beer. It was more like educating people about, and they were asking great questions about, oh, the beer and the hops and everything. What's that like, discoloration? And why are you? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you put all the that that they were giving you? You should get that looked at. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you should shave your back. And... <laughs> shave your back. <laughs> That's dedication, man. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think for most jobs, the second people say, take all your clothes off, you're like, goodbye. That's it. Yeah. No, I was, I, I, I'm like, ah, whatever. I could, yeah, so I, 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 I've been to Greece, so it was great. So, <laughs> Did you land the account? I guess is the question. Oh, yeah. And there's still an account of mine now. So, yeah, it's, they're great people. Great, wonderful people. So Was uh, this the scandal that uh, that precluded you from becoming mayor? Yeah. No. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably will get me more votes if I should run again. Who knows? <laughs> um who is the best OP customer to deal with in the city or your city and why? There's a long list. There's yeah, you don't want to play favorites, do you? I can already yeah. see. <laughs> um Tori, I, I can think of one that we both share. Um, 
I'm actually wearing a shirt. Ah, Kristen at Round the Horn. Yeah. Absolute superstar. Yeah. yeah, they, uh, they're, and I think what has happened, like, there's so many wonderful people uh, at different, different accounts, but I think the folks at Round the Horn, um, they're, they're now friends. It, 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 it's, it's no longer a, uh, hey, I'm get you to buy my beer. Like, they're just so cool that you become friends with them. And I think that's the, that's the different level. So with, uh, when that happens and there's also not a lot of turnover with their staff like you know there's, there's Scott uh, there's Justin there's uh, Trevor Dave like they're they're just phenomenal people so yeah that's yeah when you got phenomenal people that you can now call your friends and uh, and then when you get a text from Kristen and says god damn it Barry and, and so you, you kind of visualize it. and she says it jokingly but it's just like um yeah, those those are when when customers become true friends. That's uh, that makes the, the job. Hundred percent. I got I got one as well. Actually, it happened to me today. Uh, Abra from it's the Swan Dive. Yeah, she's she. I was talking to her on the phone. She's but you're sick. Like, where do you live? I'll bring you soup. Uh, like, are you kidding me? Like that. Yeah, that is insane. And she's dealing with her own health troubles, which are yeah. way more severe than mine. And I'm not this. I'm not putting our business on the streets. This is publicly known, but they're absolutely, they run a tight ship over there. And when the relationship is easy, it just, it's, it really stands out. Yeah. They're, yeah. Working with great people makes it, Jenna, uh, makes it rewarding. Jenna, I don't, I would confess to not knowing much about Guelph. Is it a similar vibe? Yeah, definitely. We have some great beer bars here. The Wooly of Paul, the Wooly and Kat yeah. who run a great team. Um, you know, they've given craft beer uh, the opportunity to shine for many years. And then you have yeah. places like Baker Street, you have Lorraine and Sam at Baker that are really, you know, just, I've worked with them since I started in the industry, since I moved to Guelph. So, you know, it's been almost a decade now that, uh, you know, they've been pretty much on speed dial on my phone. So like, just, yeah, like, 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 like the others were saying, like friendship has just, has blossomed and it's it's awesome to be able to kind of just chat and get to know people and um, and know that you know you're not going to be taken up tap, but you also if you go to that bar you can drink your beer anytime. Yeah. So well, and I, and like I, I already mentioned, but I remember being at Milos's place, and I remember meeting him at an event in Toronto before he opened up his own spot. Yeah, and I saw him during the London Food and Wine Show. I went out to visit his bar. And there was, he had security. I'm like, Milos, what? What do you have security for? He goes, it's not for the people. The people are great. He goes, there's just so many of them that the servers were complaining that they couldn't walk through to, to get it. And I said, Milos, did you ever think you would open up a craft beer bar and need security to keep people held back because it, it was getting too crowded? It was never in my life. So, um, and he's just, every time I, I, get a chance to spend a, a second with him and uh, like i just you just there's certain people in this industry you just enjoy being around yeah um, i mean milos is a different kind of cat he's come up like he comes up like every show almost like yeah we had the guys from forked river on last week and, and we were talking about how like every every brewery that opens in london probably was conceived in that bar or yeah. under me with his help or whatever mm -hmm. and it's true like uh the, the bellwoods guys will still come here and do a tap takeover they don't really do that kind of thing these mm -hmm. days and like 
Sam from Sawdust is coming to town. He shot me a message. I'm like, are you going to Milos, Milos after? And he's like, of course I'm fucking going to Milos after. So yeah. like, yeah. yeah, the industry, regardless of where you are, you know, the people that respect the beer and the people in it seem to get that respect that they deserve. So, mm-hmm. um, I had one more question, but that seems like such a good spot to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you guys, where do you think, like, how has customer behavior changed? uh since you've started or the last you know two to five years um i can recall where it was always about the next interesting thing like a rep i've actually used because I, i've been to great lakes a few times done collabs mm-hmm. there hung out with mike lackey i've literally seen like sales reps come up and be like what do you got what's new what's like i want to know what you're making so i can go you know tease my accounts with whatever the fancy new thing we're doing is have, has it turned into more like volume? I want lager. I want your core brands. Or is there still that like, what's the new funky weird thing you can, you know, dangle and or excuse to knock on an account's door? Yeah, I feel like we've come full circle. Like it used to be like, what do you, yeah. What's your craziest IPA? Tell me like what's going on, what's going on. And now everyone wants something easy to drink. There's always going to be a demand for IPAs. We know that. Um, but I, I feel like, We've come back around to just, if I want to drink 75 beers, it's going to be something light and not five laser shows. Those people are always out there, but. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think I know about Sun and Hill because they're just like, the loggers are just so clean, so consistent. That's like how you got on my radar. For sure. Yeah. And uh, so when I came on board, he wasn't brewing anything full time. So I had to change that immediately and tell him we have to get something <laughs> in the tank always just because you know get that brand recognition and something that people can always come back to uh you know build up that loyalty so lager beer is is full-time in tanks now which is great uh but you know variety is still super important um you know even if it is just a variety of pilsners and lagers uh you know you get that you get those customers that are are wanting the crispy lager beers and, and consistently ordering that but uh throwing a hellas and you know a pills here and there to uh to the rotators is always is always uh is always good because they're always after something you know new and fresh so yeah jenna do you, do you deal with uh joe at green apple in in toronto and then bevy beery as well in yeah like with both of them do you have yeah oh no oh, they're just down my road so i'm gonna get some sun and hill this week so that'd be that'd be great, awesome. great. yeah definitely yeah they're great they're awesome people so yeah yeah we sent uh, some beer over to bevy beer last week yeah so yeah great italian sandwiches so yeah, yeah, um, I, I, uh, I gotta, I gotta try it out. That's, I have a, I have a, 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 I guess not a secret anymore, but I have a secret sandwich account for more. When I was on the road, posting all of the sandwiches I would eat, you know, with the to- toppings dripping on the floor mats. But, uh, but now that I'm more stationary, I don't get to uh, enjoy the, the, the new and okay. the new sandwiches. So yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I, uh, to answer your question, Ben, I would say you're gonna get there's certain here of craft beer bars that are wanting hey what's new because their their customers are wanting what's new and exciting and small batch and then you've got um people who are who are craft curious who are who are more of saying hey i'm getting rid of this tap from this big brewery can you give me something because i can't educate my staff and my customers every week with something new can you give me something that's going to be brewed <coughs> consistently so they want the they want something that's year round. They don't have to recite the notes every every week. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you, so you, you're seeing a push where there's 
people that want craft on the menu, but they don't want to change the menu. And then you've got people who are like, yeah, our customer base knows more about what's coming out than we do. So give us at least a day's head a, a heads up before you send us the keg. And so, yeah, that's, it seems to be two, two different schools right now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're post, I keep saying post craft. It's, it's everything has changed so much that there's like the things that made us or craft beer, like, I don't know, unique are kind of gone by the wayside. Like everyone's like, they want the funkiest. I want the weirdest. We're like, yeah. actually we want, you know, businesses that are run well because the other ones yeah. are getting the fuck out and we want consistency. So it's interesting. Well, thanks guys. This has been enlightening. I, I'm conscious of your time. We were already run late, but this has been a great peek behind the curtain. So I appreciate it. And Jenna, thanks for popping in last minute. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a, a nice message to get for sure. So, uh, so yeah, thanks. Thanks yeah, guys. I'm sure the guests, the guests will probably, or sorry, the listeners thanks. will appreciate it. Not just Barry and I droning on for yeah. an hour plus. But, Wait a well, you know what i have way too many guys on the show i'm Wait. trying hard but fuck there's a lot of you <laughs> and us <laughs> wait a sec wait a sec i i part of my rider of doing this there was going to be a, a pell's corner is that happening oh, or yeah what? you want to do a pell's corner okay sure <laughs> can we wait there's intro the music i have music for pell's corner let's all right because that's why i signed up for this one. You'll recall the first time we played this music, I said Kevin Freer at Block 3 is going to say he can fix that music for us as soon as he hears it. And guess what? He sent me a DM. He's like, I can fix that music for you. <laughs> How can you fix perfection? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I it reminds good. me of the uh, Double Dragon soundtrack. From the That's 80s. what I was saying. I mean, the first time I played, I heard that it was from a porno film from the 30 years ago, but yeah. I, I thought it leans more towards retro video games. But yeah. Yeah, like yeah, double- <laughs> Street Fighter 2. Hadouken! All right, Chris, I hope you have Pell's Corner lined up. Uh, I do. I've got a couple of questions here that are along the lines of would you rather. We'll start with a freebie, that uh, an easy one that, uh, you know, Tori, you were actually just mentioning something along these lines uh, about drinking, well, I don't know what you said, maybe 75 of a light beer. But here's a question. Would you rather drink... 16 lagers or six quadruple IPAs? Oh, 16 lagers all day long. <laughs> One quad to start it up and then... One quad to start it yeah. up. Let me rephrase it. You have an hour to do it. Uh, what? No, nah, not an hour. Sorry, an hour is not legitimate. Let's make it three hours. But it's your night of drinking. And I'm, that was quick calculation on my part for a similar level of drunkness. Six I feel like we're all going in how many? Yeah, three hours i could i mean what nine innings three hours nine beers we're getting close well actually you'll enjoy this story tori have you ever tried to do an iron man i don't even know if other people caught an iron man but we had a term for one beer and one hot dog for every inning yeah so i went to a ball game uh, with my friends in toronto and we're like, let's do an Ironman. And uh, we, 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 I'm the hot dogs fall by the wayside really quick. Like, you can't eat that many hot dogs. And they were real ballpark hot dogs. No, I mean, come on, like a real ballpark hot dog. <laughs> like I think proper, we ate like yeah. two, maybe like two or three hot dogs, but we consistently did a beer and inning for seven innings before it was like, this is getting sloppy. And then, like we were i forget we went to a bar after and then we were taking a cab back to my condo and i was falling asleep i was just passing it we opened the door to my condo 
and my wife has thrown me a surprise birthday party. Come on. <laughs> so the friends that took me to the game, it was their job to get me out of the house for a while. And they just got me absolutely shit-faced. <laughs> while my wife cooked Mexican food from scratch and made margaritas. <laughs> so I rolled into that. I still managed to make it to the end of the party, but it was my last Iron Man ever at the Skydome. Wow. You know what? That, yeah. More tequila after it seemed to be the trick you just switched to tequila after a bunch of uh probably buds at the uh, skydome but i think that's an easy one chris everyone's going lager in volume well i don't know i'll take the quad ipas then really (laughs) it's the volume of fluid i mean i should have probably gone with more lagers and it made it a real challenge like i forgot there's professional drinkers on the call here but uh, (laughs) i said like 28 (laughs) lagers or something and you only have four hours to do it i mean does that change your mind I mean, that's like a hot afternoon at the cottage. But like four quads in an hour, you're going to be dicked. Like yeah. that is a yeah. lot of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I made the mistake of bringing uh, like double IPAs down to the beach. Like this is why I had like four beers at the beach, and now I'm you know borderline incoherent at dinner. Yeah. That your yeah, only one? We made either? it triple. So. Um, that was my only beer-related one, but I've got some other ones here um would you rather listen to only justin bieber for the rest of your life or no music at all jb love jenna nodding along yeah i would say justin bieber for sure i mean i feel like i could listen to despacito on repeat that's that's all i need versus no music yeah, I'll listen to the Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, uh, Haley Bieber drama for the rest of my life versus no, no, no music. Very so, excited. Well, I have to say, uh, my radio's out in my car. So today I was listening to uh, past beer and bullshit podcasts. So if, I, if it's not on music, but I can listen to podcasts, maybe that's, uh, I would get rid of what an beer. ass kisser. I'm not, are you trying to sell me beer? I mean, dude. <laughs> Harry, I had I had 45 minutes to get ready for this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, I was on my way to Hamilton. I'm like, oh, let me listen to a few of these past episodes. And so what was your favorite? What was your favorite? Don't hold back. Um, I've only listened to five. So yeah, I'm working. I'm working my way to the library. So yeah, go right uh, to Skeletor. It's a real crowd pleaser. Well, I saw that one. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta pick that one. That's gonna be hilarious. So. But yeah, All right, so CP, I'm... give us one more. Give us one more. Would you rather make it a good one? Would you rather end world hunger or stop <laughs> all crime? Jesus, what is going on? Here? <laughs> Would you prefer my dead one uh, that I had the other week, Ben, or what? Uh, I, I'm trying to progress to something that will, you know, it's really going to make our listeners just think about it after the pod's over. You know, uh... I'll I'll go. I'd. Uh... I'd end world hunger because it would probably reduce a lot of the crime. Yeah. Birds went stoned. Well, that, 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 well, that brought it right there. Like uh, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. There's no, yeah, agreed. 
Yeah, all of yours were con- immediate consensus. Chris. No, consensus. see, I'd like to be a little contrarian. I'd like to keep all those kids hungry around the world. Uh, but if we could stop, you know, stop traffic spray violations and uh, you can graffiti. be hungry. Just don't touch my garage. Yeah. <laughs> These are stupid. Sorry, it's only my third Pell's Corner. Yeah. I need I need to do Pell's need to Corner is a work thing. in progress. Let's close up Pell's Corner real quick. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, it's a work in progress. Thanks for being a part of it, guys. That's it's the only reason why I wanted to do this. Was because so glad you called that up, Barry. We almost <laughs> ended the show on a high note, but no. <laughs> do we get uh, do we get some plugs? Are we get a we get a plug to stuff here? Sure. I mean, you already you're you're the owners of your brewery already pay for commercial time during this show, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> uh, follow me at Leftfield Tory uh, on Instagram. It's, it's worth it i promise um it's great enjoy it i mean i'm obviously very biased when it comes to lager and hot dog content but it's a good follow for sure the the what is it uh two logger and a dogger or two dogger and a logger i mean dogger logger that might be one of the greatest catch lines ever <laughs> it's pretty known. good it's pretty i nice. thought you were gonna plug a new left field beer that was coming out oh uh <laughs> You know it. Himself, you man. It. Back off, man. Come on. It's a personal brand. Yeah, actually, all my opinions are my own. They don't represent my field brewery. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a disclosure at the end of this. I will wrap you it up. Have any issue little, with anything? I'm going to shotgun here, though. Okay. This, I know this is an audio podcast, but uh, this I is I think we're us. recording the video. I'll find the video just for Instagram, just for you. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. I've been sitting awfully close to my screen all night. I like how you're like, oh, I'm kind of sick. I don't know if I'm going to be that great tonight. You've had four beers and you're about to shotgun a fifth, I think. No, <laughs> no, this will be my fourth. Okay, no judgment. It's medicine. Yeah. It's only four and a half percent. I got to do it. It's for, you know, content. Let's go. Oh, no. Ice cold beer. <laughs> oh. I had a mishap. One of my rare ones. It's captured on video. Jenna, do you want to plug your Instagram so we can look at your dog every couple months? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's not it's not brewery tied, but it's uh, at Jenna D Harkness or follow Sonan Hill at, at Sonan Hill or come visit the brewery and see me and uh, challenge me to a game of cornhole. I'm uh, I'm learning. I'm learning how to be better at it. So. Is Kellen close enough to the intersection? Uh, I think it's 10. And 89, where there's a super burger and champ burger. It's, it's close enough. I mean, I feel like that's yeah. a device, a divisive. You've got to pick one or the other because that used to be our route from Toronto to the in laws cottage. Yeah. For me, it was champ burger all the way. Yeah. yeah I've heard that's, sure. that's, that's, that's where it's at, champ burger for sure. Yeah. Okay. Are you, Barry? Uh, uh, yeah. Barry, Barry, the indie beer rep. And what we have right now, it's in the LCBO, the Prairie Coast wheat ale made with blood orange and there you go so yeah it's quite delicious as well so yeah there you go nice well thanks guys this has been fun thanks yeah thanks 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 meeting everyone all right nice meeting you jenna and i'll see you tomorrow What do you want me to say?